Hello and welcome to Guest Star from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The United States Treasury Department presents Guest Star with Harry Sosnick and the Savings Bonds Orchestra, yours truly, John Conti, and starring Alan Ladd. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is John Conti, your host for Guest Star, a transcribed feature for savings bonds, presented as a contribution of this station in the public interest. Your maturing Series E savings bonds can be held at interest for as long as 10 extra years and pay you back 80% more than you put in. So let your matured bonds go on earning for you. And meanwhile, buy more savings bonds where you work or bank. In a moment, you'll meet our star. First, here's Harry Sosnick and the Savings Bonds Orchestra with Harry's own arrangement of The Whistler and His Dog. Thank you, Harry. 
And now, to introduce our star, we take you to Hollywood and our narrator, Rod O'Connor. It was two o'clock in the morning. Patty Williams in the heart of Greenwich Village reached for the phone and frantically dialed the number. In a bachelor apartment on Park Avenue, Jack Harper, private investigator, shoved a sleepy hand out from under the covers and also reached for the phone. Jack Harper speaking. Jack, this is Patty. Patty Williams. Hello, Patty. Jack, the police have arrested Dad. Look, it's two o'clock in the morning and... What? They've got Dad in jail. They say he killed Bradford DeCoven. DeCoven? The big shot behind the numbers racket? Wow. Your dad couldn't have picked a harder guy to kill. Jack, he didn't do it. He didn't even know DeCoven. Are you sure of that? Yes. Well, now, take it easy, kid. I'll get him out, I promise you. This won't be the first time I've tangled with Lieutenant Dugan. Setting that guy back on his heels will be a pleasure. Chin up, honey. I'll call you later. Why don't you make it easy for yourself, Williams? Come clean. I'm telling the truth. I didn't kill him. Now, look, Williams, we got you cold. There's no way... Go away. We're busy. Hoppy, you get out of here. We're working on this guy. He's a friend of mine, Dugan. I'm here to see that he gets a square deal. Now, hiya, Joe. Jack, tell the lieutenant this is a frame-up. It's a frame-up, Dugan. Get out of here. Now, look, correct me if I'm wrong. Joe here is a bartender at the Pink Poodle Cafe. Right. DeCoven, I understand, was part owner of the Pink Poodle. Right. And he was mixed up in several rackets, had a regiment of enemies, and could have been bumped off by any one of a dozen people. Yeah, except this guy got there first. That's what you say. Joe, uh, did you know DeCoven? No. I saw him at the club now and then, but I didn't know him. And how did you come to his apartment? He called me at the club and asked me to come over around midnight. What for? He didn't say, and I didn't ask him. He wanted to check up on his partner, maybe. So you went over? Yeah. I knocked on the door, and nobody answered. The door was open a little, so I figured he wanted me to come in and wait. So you went in? And how long did you wait? About five minutes, I guess. Then I heard a shot. It sounded like in the kitchen. I ran in, and there was DeCoven on the floor. Was he moving? Running? No, he was still. Dead as a doornail. I picked up the gun, and then a lot of people came running in. And found him with a gun in his hand. A gun with five cartridges in it. One of them had been fired, and the lab says that was the bullet that killed DeCoven. There was nobody, but nobody in the apartment but him and DeCoven. Does that sound like he's being framed? Yeah, it's a perfect case against Joe. It's too perfect, Dugan. Let's dig into it a little. I'm going to DeCoven's apartment. And mess up the evidence? No, you're not. Let me see those photographs, then. Come on, come on. What are you afraid of? That I'll find something in favor of Joe? Oh. Here. Look them over. And your magnifying glass, too, please. You're a regular Sherlock Holmes, huh? Here. Thank you. Very snazzy kitchen. Well-equipped. Well-arranged. Look at that modern electric range. Don't show off. We know cooking is your hobby. There's a body in the picture, too. See? I see a lot of things. Shot was fired at uh, almost exactly 12 o'clock. Right? Right. So what? He was framed. And I think I know how it was done. Now listen. No, you listen, Dugan. As much as I hate to do it, I'm doing you a favor. If I can prove Joe didn't kill the guy, you can go out and find the man who did. The coven was dead before Williams got there. But the shot was... Fired at 12 o'clock. Not the shot, Dugan. A shot. If I can show you how a shot can be fired in that kitchen without a living soul being present, 
Have you let Joe go loose? Yes. That's a promise, Dugan. And I'm going to hold you to it. Now, come on. To use one of your favorite cliches, we are going to the scene of the crime. All right, Lieutenant. Stage is all set. What did you do in that kitchen? Same thing the murderer did. And I found something in there that proves it. Now, Dugan, let's pretend last night around, well, around midnight, you're Joe Williams. You knock on the door of the apartment, well, well, go on, knock. Okay, if you want to play games. Nobody answers. The door is open, so you go in. Then you sit down here in the living room and wait, just as Joe Williams waited. Look, Hopper, if you're kidding me, I'll have... Great balls of fire, what was that? That was the shot everybody heard at midnight. Now will you admit the guy was framed? Jack Harper. Sleeping. Call me tomorrow. Jack, wait. Don't hang up. It's Patty. Oh. Oh, hi. They let Dad go. He says you did it. Jack, how in the world did you figure it out? Scratches out the barrel of the gun. Somebody had a silence on it. Nobody heard the first shot, the one that killed the coven. But how about the shot that came at midnight? Dugan showed me a picture of the kitchen. The electric range had been set so it would go off at 12 o'clock exactly. Oh, boy, am I sleepy. Go on, go on. There was one cartridge missing from the revolver. Suppose somebody had taken that cartridge out and set it on, well, on one of the burners. The cartridge would explode at 12. So that's what they heard. Yeah. The exploded cartridge was behind the stove with the fingerprint on it. The Coven's partner. He's already confessed. Well, that's all. Jack, you're wonderful. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sleepy, too. Goodbye. That was a fine performance, Alan Ladd. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Rod. But I hope you're going to let me make a curtain speech. I wouldn't dream of letting you get away without it, Alan. On the subject of, uh... Savings bonds, Rod. Of course. They're one of my favorite subjects, you know. Also one of my favorite investments. I've never found a better way to save. Right you are. And friends, that's especially true when you use one of the two automatic purchase plans for United States savings bonds, the payroll savings plan where you work, or if you're your own boss, the bond-a-month plan where you bank. That's right, Ron. Either way, the saving is done for you, which makes it not only painless, but sure. And believe me, friends, it's that regular saving that does the trick. A little saved each payday in saving bonds can mean a college education for your youngsters or money for you to buy that new home someday. So let me suggest that you start today to make your tomorrows happier and more secure. Enroll in the payroll savings plan and wrap your future around those wonderful, wonderful United States savings bonds. There's no finer investment in the world. Thank you, Alan Ladd. Thank you, Alan Ladd. Now, once again, Harry Sosnick and the Savings Bonds Orchestra with Am I Blue?
have been listening to Guest Star, a transcribed feature for United States Savings Bonds, which today featured Alan Ladd. Sporting players were Gerald Moore, Olin Sule, and Gene Bates. The narrator was Rod O'Connor, and the play was directed by Lewis Graff. The time for this program is donated by this station every week in the public interest. The Treasury Department thanks your station and Mr. Ladd for their contribution to the Savings Bonds program. Next week, we'll have another famous guest and more good music by Harry Sosnick and the Savings Bonds Orchestra, so we hope you'll be on hand. Meanwhile, this is John Conti saying so long and suggesting that you save before you spend with United States Savings Bonds through the payroll savings plan where you work. (laughs) 